welcome to the Fertility Conversations podcast. The goal of this podcast is to create more awareness about infertility and to provide support to people trying to conceive. Thank you for listening today, and we hope you will be encouraged. And now, here is your host, Ola. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Fertility Conversations. Today, we are joined by a lovely guest, Gina, who will be sharing her journey with us today. Gina is also a fertility coach who supports individuals and couples trying to conceive. Her details would also be in the show notes. So welcome, Gina, and thank you so much for coming on the show today. Hi, Ola. Thank you so much for having me. So excited. Yay. <laughs> thank you. And to start off, we usually say, uh, please tell us uh, a little bit about yourself. Well, I am a foodie that doesn't love to cook. I love to travel <laughs> and I'm a people person. Wonderful. We love having you here. So since today we're going to speak about uh, fertility, before we get into that, I'd like to ask, how did you and your spouse meet? So it's kind of a funny story. Um, we met the first time at a fraternity party where I really didn't want to be bothered. And um, he kind of saw me standing on the sidelines, asked me to dance. And I said no at first. And then I said yes. And we danced. And um, he asked me to go out with him. And I said no. <laughs> and then he <laughs> said... I am going to call you and um, I'm going to say my name is Rumpelstiltskin so you can remember who I am. Oh, and, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of made me laugh and was like, oh, this guy's a little original. So I'm, I'm going to go with it. So he called, he left three messages, said he was Rumpelstiltskin and we never talked. And, wow. um, you know, thought that was kind of strange, but whatever. <laughs> and so, um, Christmas Day, we uh, I went to a club with some friends and I saw him dancing with another lady and I, I interrupted his dance and asked him to dance. And he kind of looked at me crazy like, who are you? And I said, Rumpelstiltskin. And he was like, can you just wait over on the sidewalk? You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so later I found out that the girl actually said to him, um, that must be your girlfriend. So go ahead and, you know, speak with her and so we've been together ever since uh -oh. and that was 29 years ago <laughs> 29 years ago yes it's wild <laughs> wow yeah it is wild and you know it's uh in some ways it seems like a long time in other ways it's like just yesterday <laughs> i mean then you met at a club wow amazing yeah and so when you first met and when you started dating 29 years ago did you know right away that you wanted to have kids or did you have that conversation um yes i knew right away that i wanted to have children i've always wanted to have um, kids i really didn't have any other ambition um so of course we talked about that and you know that was kind of the plan right Okay, so now let's get into your fertility journey from when you started trying till now. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Of course. So <clears throat> it's a rather long journey. 
22 years, but um, it started with, we actually got pregnant before we got married and um, we miscarried. And that was the beginning of, oh, this is not going to work exactly as planned. But we were in college and doing all that. And um, we, my husband graduated from college, so we got married and then we waited a little while as everybody does. You know, you want to just have that little bit of time when Mm. you're, you're married to get to know each other a little bit better. So we waited about two and a half years um, weren't getting pregnant. And so then we decided to, uh, uh, get checked out and it was discovered that my fallopian tube was scarred down. So we tried one IUI, which was unsuccessful. And then, um, we were so kind of stressed out and like, there was a lot going on. We hadn't started our careers yet. It was mm-hmm. newly married, all that stuff. So we waited, we just stopped and waited for 10 years. And in that time, I kind of had, I went through a little bit of a depression because I, you know, my identity was kind of shaken up. I thought I was going to be a mom and have, you know, the 2.5 kids and the white picket fence. And that didn't Mm. happen. So I had to kind of re, you know, uh, go back to school and figure out kind of what I wanted to do. And um, we didn't really know how to work with each other. My husband and I are very different. And so we just, um, you know, just we were clashing and all that kind of stuff. So I went back to school, got my degree in interior mm-hmm. design, did that for a couple of years. Then I went into travel. We traveled a lot. Um, we just got to really know each other nice. better and just, you know, got to uh, figure things out. And of course, I'm not suggesting that anybody wait as long as we did. <laughs> 10 years is a long time, but that's kind of what happened. We just kind of figured out what we liked and um, enjoyed life. And so when I turned about 35, my mom said to me, if you want to have kids, you might want to start looking at that again. And so I went back to the doctor. And at the time, if I could not have a child on my own, I wanted to adopt. And by this time I had grown in my spirituality and, um, you know, learned some things about what God's expectations were. And so we went to the doctor, they did another exploratory. My other um, fallopian tube was scarred down. The doctor said, if you get pregnant, you're gonna have an ectopic pregnancy. I don't suggest you getting pregnant on your own. You should do IVF. So I started over talking the doctor and I said, okay, great. Let's, you know, let's go and adopt. And my husband kind of looked at me. And then when the doctor left, he uh, said, I'd like to try. And I was like, okay, God, (laughs) this is the test. This is, you know, what you've given me. So I'm gonna, excuse me, I'm gonna follow behind what he's asked and, you know, we'll see what happens. So we did. And uh, we had seven, seven perfect embryos. We put two in, I got pregnant the first time um told the doctor i was going to be pregnant with twins at nine weeks they saw the other twin that had been hiding behind the one so um it's kind of funny and at 13 weeks i miscarried so then at that point my husband was like you know i I really only wanted to try one time we don't have to do this again but for me we had five embryos so um we did it again we put two embryos in at 15 weeks my water broke and I carried our daughter for another eight weeks. 
and um and she didn't she only lived 12 hours because uh her lungs weren't fully developed so it was tough but it was like a really good spiritual growth time for me because i really leaned into my faith at that time and um you know i really started fighting for um her life and just doing the best i could do for her and it really was a time when i grew the most um, learned my gifts, learned, you know, just, it was a real, it, uh, you know, we knew we were possibly losing our daughter, but it was a really good time. So that time period between the twins and my daughter was exactly a year, like to the date. And we said, okay, well, we're going to take a break. And I had a friend um, call me and said, hey, you know, my husband, her husband was a, a gynecologist and she worked in the office and this lady wanted to give her baby up, her fourth child. And so we decided we were going to adopt her. And I left the state, went to Tennessee and did that for three weeks. And in the hospital, the girl decides to keep the baby. And it, that oh, was really wow. rough. It was rough because I actually held that baby, you know, and thought, okay, this is it, you know, that kind of thing. So it took a, a yeah. minute for me to kind of come back from that. Um, but I kept coming back to the fact that we had these embryos. So we had three embryos left, which we thought were two shots. They always wanted to put two in because my egg quality was not the best, even though the embryo quality was good. So I was turning older, mm -hmm. I was getting um i was 41 at the time and i was like you know what if we we need to finish this out <laughs> getting older and so at mm. 41 we decided we were going to do it again and um the last you know one of the last of the two times and they uh defrosted the embryos and one didn't make it so it truly was our last time and they put the two in and i got pregnant um with my son and yeah then the wow. fun began it was a lot of test with that um i had a heterotopic that they found at 10 weeks um, wow yeah 10 weeks and um you know so i had surgery to remove that last remaining tube and my son made it through that and then at 20 something weeks whenever they check to see if the cords are all the veins are all you know what the baby has so that they get the proper nutrients and all that stuff my son only had two instead of three mm -hmm. and so they were afraid that he would be growth restricted or possibly downs and you know again we just had to like hold the faith that it was going to be okay i was gestational diabetic um i had a car accident like a month before i had him it was oh, just no. one thing after another but he was born healthy, no problems, absolutely. And we made it through. Amen. Wow. So that's wow. the story. When he was born, like, what did he, like, you must have felt like relief, like, okay, you're here. Yeah, it you was. You were finally here. It, it was it was a sigh of relief like just a, a woosah like <laughs> you know we've been through all yeah. this woosah and yeah um, we had a bit of a transition it was a bit of a transition because you know we had been together at that point 25 years of just the two of us so wow. you know yes 
and now yeah. you have this child. I can imagine. <laughs> but it was, you know, it was, it was, we just took it on like we did everything else and figured out how to work with each other and, um, you know, it just worked out. It was good. I'm so sorry, first of all, for all your losses. I don't know how you, uh, you held on during those times. How did you get through those days? Did you have a support group or family? Like, how did you get through all of that? So, you know, I've always professed that I was a Christian, always, um, but didn't really have a deep relationship with God. You know, you understand that there's a God, but you don't really understand like what you're supposed to be doing and, you know, how he answers prayers and what he right. esteems and all those things. And so um, at the beginning, when we lost that first child, I was kind of arrogant and I had this whole plan figured out for my life with an expectation that I deserved a child. And as God was taking me through a journey, it was really like changing my perspective of what it means to be a parent and um, what God wants for our lives and kind of lean it into that and lean it into all we're given is the present. So all we're given is to do the best that we can do in the moment. And so it really got me out of my expectations and what I thought I should have and how can I be grateful for what I do have and really um, use my gifts to the best, you know, in the present. And so <clears throat> by the end of it, when we got to the final two, three embryos that, you know, we thought we were going to use whatever, yeah. um, I was totally okay with whatever happened like really whatever happened. I remember when the doctor told us we had the heterotopic and he was like, you know, I've never done this procedure before. It's so unusual, whatever. And I remember being so calm and I just looked at him and said, you know, it's going to be okay, whatever it is, whatever it is. And I was, you know, staring at the fact of maybe losing another child, but I knew that whatever it was going to be, it was going to be okay. It really was. So just a transformation through the whole journey of letting go of your expectations and being really grateful and present for what is. Amazing. Yeah. That sounds like so much grace because I don't know how else yeah. you could come to that kind of understanding. Yeah. For sure. And a heterot yeah, and a heterotopic pregnancy, being the baby that is here now. That's I had a heterotopic pregnancy and I know that it's extremely dangerous and, you know, to have a surgery like that in the middle of another, like middle of the other pregnancy in the uterus and to, to have that come true to successful, that, that was amazing. That's just, that's God. Yeah. It again, is. You know, yeah. It is. Yeah, and ahead. I'm sorry about your loss. I mean, I know how scary that is and how, you know, you, it is. You made it so far and you're like, uh, what happened here? You know? And so, um, I know what that feels like. And it's so wild that we even have connected with two people having a heterotopic because it is so unusual, but it is. Yeah, it is. You know, I haven't, I haven't actually met it. 
<laughs> maybe maybe one more person on Instagram. So it's amazing to have, and then to actually have that that whole process led to your baby, the baby in the uterus survived. That's that's a miracle. Yeah, it, it really is a miracle. I don't I don't take it for granted. I mean, I still um, yeah. look at him and like I cannot believe you're here because uh, it could have gone the other way. But I will say that at at that time, my spirituality was really strong and I knew that I needed to follow my authority. And what happened during that pregnancy was each pregnancy I had spotted and this particular pregnancy was no different. And then when I did, my husband was saying, you know, I really want you to take some time off from work with this pregnancy. And then mm. my husband is like the most gentle man. He would never give me like rules, but he gave me three rules. And he said, I want you to take a nap every day. I want you to not carry a big, heavy purse. And I want you to, if you go to the store, I want you to carry no more than two, two bags. That's it. And I thought, you know, wow, that's kind of weird that, you know, weird, strange request, but I'm going to do it. So when mm. my doctor found the heterotopic, she actually said to me, I don't know how you're still walking around. And I just looked at my husband yeah. and was like, oh my goodness, <laughs> you know, like I followed everything he told me to do. And I think that helped us um, because I was yeah. rested. I, I wasn't like doing a whole bunch. And, um, you know, I, of course, hindsight is twenty twenty. You can look back and say whatever, but I really believe that that helped us. I really do. So, you know, it's just a story about you have to follow your intuition, what you think is best um, for your body. Um, I did that a lot in my pregnancies, a lot. Amazing. We're so thankful for your yeah. son. Yeah. Very Such nice. a testimony. And then even thinking about when you're speaking about your journey and, and the whole process of you wanting to adopt and then, you know, traveling there, being in the hospital, and having the mom change her mind at the last minute. Wow. Yeah. That must have been, I cannot even imagine how that must have. Yeah, I think that her. once you make a decision about a way to go, you really have mm. to lean into the process because you're not going to go into that the same you're going to go in one way and you're going to come out a different way, no matter what, even if you don't really make a decision. So knowing that you really have to um, lean into your intuition and mm. um, accept what is. first you have to accept what is, you know, the actual thing you're going through. And then the second thing is, is you yeah. really move on okay, well, this is what's happening. You know, let me do a little bit of research. I can figure it out. I was like the research queen. <laughs> so I would, <laughs> when I picked out my maternal fetal medicine doctor, I actually researched her um, studies. And when I interviewed her, which I suggest anybody do, I actually told her what her studies were. <laughs> like, I know you did this. Oh my. <laughs> yeah, like she was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> Oh my goodness. But I had a really good relationship with my doctor. Like I really, you know, asked a lot of questions. I think you should be with somebody that you can ask any questions of. 
And once I did that, ultimately, I went with what my God tuition was. You know, what I really felt innately was the best thing to do, always. And um, the combination of the two, I think, is what helped us a lot with a lot of different issues. I mean, I could tell you a million stories about <laughs> oh, about how I would have to, you know, like, okay, this is what the paper says. And you know, 10 years seems like such a long time. It does, we but both I mean, that, that was okay. Like it. So when we did the IUI and it didn't work, um, mm. it really was because we didn't know how to work with each other. So there were things I needed to do, things he needed to do. And it kind of just all fell apart because we didn't have a plan. And we weren't ready to adapt our right. lives. And I was, um, let's see, I was 26, 27. So we were young and hadn't really lived life and all that kind of stuff. And um, we, so we decided, and I will say that I decided to just stop. We didn't plan mm -hmm. on <laughs> stopping for 10 years. What happened was I kind of went through an identity crisis because all I ever wanted to be was a mother. So I had to reconcile the fact that that might not happen. And then I went through a depression. I had to get help for that. And then once I did, then I was like, okay, well now I have to figure out what I'm going to do because if I don't have a child, I need to have a life. So I went back to school. My husband got, you know, more in his career, bought a house. <laughs> we, uh, then I mm. decided, okay, I don't want to do this career. <laughs> and so then I got into travel and then we just started having a lot of fun. We just enjoyed our friends, our family. Um, we partied hard. I mean, just nice. Really I mean, it was it was really a very sweet time of just getting to know each other better. We learned um, what our strengths were and our weaknesses. Um, we just uh, did a lot of growing in that time period. So. We really had gotten to the point where if we didn't have a child, we would have been okay because our life was so full. Um, so when my mom asked me that question, I had a different perspective. And I knew that I didn't want to be the person I was the first time when we miscarried and I was, mm -hmm. you know, all kinds of crazy. <laughs> but I didn't want to give up my life. And so, you know, I just really was like, okay, well, I am going to be um, totally present this time in this journey. And I'm not going to stop doing the things that we like to do. And so that's what we did. We just, we did infertility, but we didn't let it control our lives. And we still traveled. We still did everything that we were doing before. I love all of that, you know, because when, when you say it like that, 10 years doesn't seem so long after all, right? Because, you know, you were having a good time. You were traveling, you were partying, you were getting to know each other. Yeah. You know, that's, which is important. I think what happens is, is that when you don't have a plan going into infertility, which nobody has, right? Because it kind of happens yeah. to you, you're living your life and then all of a sudden you're in infertility. Um, so then all these darts are like basically coming at you and you're just fighting off the darts. You're just trying to like go through the process. And because yeah. it's such, it's so unusual. It's one of those processes that affects every aspect of your life. And so when you don't have this plan, it just kind of takes over. 
and you Mm -hmm. just you're living but you're not being present you're you're working for this thing in the future and you're just losing time and life you know like whatever um so you know it is it's my goal to like show women that if you once the minute you know you're going into this journey that you really need to have a plan um one of the things that my husband and i did before we put in our last embryos was uh we really sat down and formulated a whole plan of our life like what it would be like if we didn't get pregnant and I was really comfortable with that. Like, okay, it's not going to be bad. You know, <laughs> this is what yeah. it's going to be. And I'm not going to be scared of this process because if it doesn't happen, we're going to have a full life. And um, that made me empowered and very at peace with whatever happened. So. I love that. You know, I really love that. And, I, and that, that kind of takes me to when you said that that's why you work with women now and telling them that it's important to have a plan at the beginning of the journey. So it's amazing that from all your experience and all that you went through, now you're a fertility coach, yeah. giving back and helping other women, which is just amazing. Yeah. How did that come about? Why did you decide to do that? Okay, so I got to be 100% honest. It's not what I originally wanted to do. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was going to be an influencer. So COVID hit and I got furloughed from my job because I was in travel and we know where that went. Mm. And, oh, yes, um, yes. you know, I started relooking at some things like, oh, what can I do? And there's a lot of things that I could do. I, you know, I designed cabinetry so I could do that. I cook really well. I could do something with that. Um, nice. There's just Food a lot of good. different yeah so i you know even though i don't like to cook it's kind of a, like a bittersweet thing i i love food but i don't love to cook but i could have still worked with it <laughs> so and i love fashion nice. and so i started talking with a branding coach i thought i was going to go the influencer route and start branding these different interests well at the beginning of the mm. year in january i started doing some vision board parties and some self-discovery and and all the people in my life were like, no, you really need to be helping people with infertility. <laughs> and I just um, <laughs> realized that the branding my interest was not working. It wasn't, I couldn't um, really get it off going. And I kept, this thing kept nagging at me, like I really need to be helping women with this. So I kind of stepped into it. And um, then I was like, you know what, this is good. And along the way, I've had little signs and people just, you know, talking to people about different things. And so I've been in it since about January and it has just like taken off. And I'm, I'm really excited that anything that I went through can help somebody else. <laughs> and so, yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. So what services do you provide now from your fertility coaching? So I am doing some one-on-one coaching Um, And I'm also going to be doing a challenge July 15th on helping women figure out um, what is their war, what is their infertility war. And then um, at the end of the month, July 30th, I will be doing a six-week program called the Warrior Method. And that will be going through um, what your war is, coming up with your own plan of how to tackle that and how to deal with opposition and 
just different things that we deal with in infertility. And it'll be a community of women where we um, talk with each other and have labs and that kind of thing. Amazing. And and can how do people register for this or get so um, the registration will be coming out next week. Okay. Next week or the following week for the first the war challenge. That's a free challenge and it'll be about a three day event where we just um, go through a series of questions and trying to figure out what your infertility war is. So you can at least see where you are in it. Um, mm -hmm. And you uh, will be able to register on that on Gina's journeys um, okay. com, which is my website. There'll be a registration link there um, next week, starting next week. So, and then after that, about two weeks after that, then the warrior method workshop will begin. Sounds exciting. So people can go on your website to register and get yes. ready for the warrior challenge. And the... so well, why did you choose the name your war? So warrior I, challenge. yeah, I, um, I fought with I love the name. Lot. I love it. I think it's amazing. So I yeah. just wondered. <clears throat> so I fought with this a lot, you know, because some people are, there's so much stigma around infertility, which mm. um, is really sad because it, it isolates people and, yeah. you know, makes them feel like they're the only ones, but we know that they're not because one in eight couples experience infertility and one in four have experienced some type of miscarriage or, you know, something like that. So um, it's really sad, but in my 22 years of going through infertility, what I've realized is that it is a war and you have to um, look at it as such and take responsibility for how you respond to the war so that it doesn't take over. And so um, that's how I came up with the warrior method. And then the war, the, the W-A-R is really just, um, kind of figuring out, you know, where you are, um, um, assessing where you are and what's your reality of that. So it's just an acronym that breaks down mm -hmm. those different areas um, right. that helps you realize your war and how to fight it. Love it. And anyone, since this is happening online, does that mean anyone can register then from here yes. in Nigeria or anywhere else in the world? Yes. Everyone is, okay, perfect. All right, so looking forward to that. And you, these details will also be in the, the show notes so people can actually click on that and register. So That's great. That'll be perfect. And in your journey, you know, what you've learned so far, is there any one quote or word of affirmation that you found really helpful during the journey? Yes. So it's a scripture, um, and the scripture is Proverbs 3, 6. And it is in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. And that was just something I held on to um, a lot in my journey that kind of, you know, took the focus off of me <laughs> and helped yeah. me realize that it is all about, you know, God and what he wants for our lives. And if we know that, then we'll be okay. Yeah. Okay with whatever. Well said, Gina. And looking back now to, you know, knowing all that you know, going back to 
you know, that Gina that your husband met and was talking to, what would you tell her, Gina, before all of this? I would tell her to calm down, first of all. You are high energy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I would tell her to um, just really be present, you know, and learn how to do that because of course, you know, looking back, I could tell my younger self all kinds of things, but so much of it is just about going through the journey. It just is, yeah. you know, like you only know what you know and you can't know more until you know what you know until you know what you know. So it's like <laughs> you just have to go through it and you just have to learn how to um to really be present and use your intuition based with your knowledge. Love it. Thank you for sharing, Gina. Yeah. And as a wrap up, are there any words of encouragement or advice for anyone listening currently going through infertility? Uh, so two things I would say first, um, assess, you know, your present state um, when you're going, when you realize you're in infertility. So kind of look at your relationships kind of where they are, your job situation, your, you know, not necessarily in this order, but your relationship with your significant other, that kind of thing. Um, Cause you kind of need to take an assessment and figure out kind of where you're at with that and then get mm -hmm. some help, um, some support. You might not be as vocal as I was. Cause I, I was very vocal from day one. <laughs> like I just, I don't yeah. know. That's just my personality, but you need to find at least a couple of people that you can depend on and get some professional help as well. So that would be my awesome. advice. That's great advice, thank you. And when you actually mentioned people as well in terms of finding support, I wondered, I know I said that was the last question, one more. <laughs> but I wondered, <laughs> how did this impact yourself and your husband, your relationship, that whole journey and your experience? So, um, a little background, um, and just to give you a perspective, you know, I went to school for interior design. My husband is an engineer, so it's like two total different mm -hmm. spectrum. <laughs> I am a big picture person. He's a details person. And so in the beginning of our marriage, that used to be like, um, a point of, you know, like crashing and, mm -hmm. And that was the issue in the beginning of the infertility journey, you know, because he wanted to do things a certain way and I wanted to do things a certain way. After the 10 years and learning each other, when we came back together, we realized, okay, what we really need to do is leverage each other's strengths. So yeah. I would, <clears throat> you know, do the research and make the appointments. He showed up, <laughs> you know, and <laughs> did the shots and he was the calm to my storm because I'm very like emotional and out there, but he's very solid and very like, okay, calm down. Let's look at this, you know, logistic logically and figure it out yeah. and whatever. So once we learned to do that and work each other and not make the other person feel guilty about what they weren't good at, we were okay. Mm. And it was the difference between us being successful the second time around as far as not losing it <laughs> when i say success yeah. i'm saying we weren't um 
like crashing and fighting and all that stuff, you know, that was the difference between that time and the very first time with the IUI. Wow, that was that's such an important question. I'm so glad I got to ask you because you know that's the reality for for uh, as you know infertility in relationships. It does have such a huge impact, and many times yeah. each person has a different idea of how to to proceed and how they handle things, how to handle emotions, how to communicate. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm so glad that yeah, yeah, you have to figure out your communication model and you just cannot hold the other person responsible for something they're not good at. You know, like I wanted my husband to um, do certain things like book all the appointments. Cause you know, you got a million appointments and all this stuff, yeah. you know, and he just, that's not his mindset. It's just not, you know? And so finally we were like, okay, we're just going to do a Google calendar and I'm just going to plug it in. But one thing I, as the woman that goes through it, cause no matter what your infertility is, you know, the woman is the one that, does the most as far as her body is concerned right so the one thing that i did do was is i was like i need somebody with me at every appointment whether that be you or my mom you know my support team or whatever but um that was one thing that i just put my foot down and i think as the person that's physically going through the most <laughs> you yeah. you gotta have a couple of things where you're like okay this is just like something that i have to have you know, you got to figure mm -hmm. that out as well. So. Thank you so much for sharing. That is so important. And I really love the fact that you also said that uh, you shouldn't blame the person for something they're not good at. Such a big point. Very, very important. Yeah, it's in, just in 25. Well, we'll be married 25 years next May. So I always say 25 years, you know, whatever. <laughs> but I'm rounding it up. But um. <laughs> in that time period, I mean, that's just a, a marriage lesson. Like you just cannot hold somebody responsible for their weaknesses. You know, the point mm. of being with somebody is that you pull both your strengths together to become better together than you could be apart. Right. So yeah. like my weaknesses, you know, are the opposites of his strengths, you know, so we just try to pull the good stuff together. Mm. And that's what's worked, even though we're very different. Thank you so much, Gina, for sharing that. I feel like I just had like a little bit of marriage counseling. <laughs> I feel empowered right now. <laughs> I feel empowered, like, hey, okay. Hey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to tell my husband, okay, I'm not going to stress you about that thing anymore. I know that's not your strength you know so it's it's good actually the way you said it to think about it that way yeah yeah i mean if you you know if you can figure it out just i don't know we're we have like gotten counseling we've written it down um but the times when we've shined the most has been when we've done that like just don't even like try to try to make somebody be somebody that they're not just don't it doesn't work well said yeah. Thank you so much, Gina. Absolutely. It has been amazing having you on here. I know this took three times. <laughs> I didn't think you were going to bring that up, but you know, I had to. I had to because well, <laughs> oh, well uh, you know, I, I, mean, I, I have one thing infertility has taught me is to let stuff go, and it will be whatever it is. You know, it's just. Mm. 
we put so much pressure on ourselves to make things happen and they don't have to. <laughs> you, know, like, you just got to go with the flow and know that whatever happens, ultimately it's for the good. So it was going to, it was going to work out or it wasn't, but I'm glad it did. I'm so glad. Cause I'm like, is this like, what is going on? <laughs> so third time, I thank know, you right? so much, Gina, for being so patient and understanding and so flexible and for sharing your story with us today. Uh, wow. I, I, I keep saying wow, because I just can't find the right words to express how strong and you know how much grace is on your life as well how how much how inspiring your story is because it's just it's amazing you know of course when i say amazing not amazing with all that happened in terms of the losses but to come through all of that and be here today helping so many other women with their own journey, that's really sweet to say, Ola, but I, you know, I feel like I'm not um, any different than anyone else, other than the fact that I let go of my expectations and really learned how to be present. That's all, you know, and anybody can do that. You can, you know, I was a spoiled, arrogant, <laughs> just selfish <laughs> um, young lady, you know, and just had an I deserve attitude and it wasn't just this but it was like in my life you know and so at the end I just I had to let all that go and just be grateful for what is and lean into that and um I always always tell people that it's important that you know that even if I hadn't had my son I would have been okay we would have been okay we would have because we had made a life that was going to be good no matter what. And I think that's important. I think you, when you're going through this journey, you have to, you have to have that because you're not guaranteed, you know, the child you're not, but anybody can do it. If I can do it, anybody can do it. So. Thank you so much, Gina. You're welcome. For sharing your story with us today. Absolutely. So many I have been encouraged and so many have so many of the listeners will be, I'm sure. So thank you so much. And thank you for all that you're doing uh, to also support others in this community and their own journeys and for sharing so much wisdom about relationships as well. I think it's so important because infertility does play such a huge role and can really impact people's relationships. So sharing your wisdom, that aspect as well is so Highly appreciated. Thank you. Absolutely. It has been a honor to be able Thank to you. have this time. Yes. Thank you so much. And we look forward to joining your warrior challenge and uh, <laughs> getting all the skills yes. and support from you. Thank you so much. And uh, it's been a pleasure having you on here. And we look forward to having you again in the near future. Yes. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us this week on the Fertility Conversations podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star rating and subscribe. Follow us on Instagram at Fertility Conversations. If there are any topics you would like to have discussed, 
please send an email to fertilityconversations at gmail.com. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode. Thank you again for listening. Take care of yourself and do stay hopeful.